You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist. Joining me today is Brandon Olson from the Locked On Gators podcast. Your podcast, was it your podcast every day? Your team every day. Your team every day. So I was close. <laughs> I was close on that one. So I, I got to get more practice for you, Brandon. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, prayers out to the people out there. You know, Hurricane Ian, it, it's causing destruction right now. Uh, all you guys in Fort Myers, Tampa area, all those surrounding counties and cities around there. I hope you all evacuated. If you're still there, hopefully, you know, you all survive and, and everything's fine. Uh, but Florida, man moving their game from Saturday to Sunday because of this hurricane and uh, some things going on with this depth chart here, Brandon. The first thing that sticks out to me, man, and it sticks out to a lot of guys out there, especially at social media, as I said last week on the podcast, we all have two eyes. We all see what's happening on the field. Trading not listed. He is hurt. Lower body injury here, but Kamari Wilson taking his spot at safety, the former five-star from IMG Academy. Brandon, what do you think about this move right now here at safety? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think that we can all be honest and say that, you know, trading is not having a good season. Um, at, at the minimum, we could say that and everybody pretty much agrees with that. So it's like, can it really get much worse? Even if Kamari isn't ready, can it get much worse? I'm very interested to see how Kamari plays because when he's been on the field, it's usually been in like running situations or even if they are expecting pass it's a run and he's been on the field for most run plays instead of anything really seeing him work in coverage often. I think he's only got like 18 snaps in coverage this season. So it's not much at all. Very interested to see how he does here, especially with this weekend's matchup. It's going to be uh, something to keep your eyes on. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's kind of my point I made last week. I said, if you're already taking lumps at that position, Throwing in a freshman that is isn't going to hurt much more than what it's already hurt, especially would be against Tennessee and uh, you know trading. He hasn't played bad necessarily every single game, but there's glaring issues there. I mean, you know, if somebody's struggling out there on the field, uh, you know, sit him down for a little bit. Uh, that's my thing, is or maybe put him in a better position. But anyway, trading he's out. Hopefully, he gets better. He heals up. Hopefully, learns a little bit while he's sitting on the sidelines, and maybe he can improve something going forward. I don't know how long he's going to be out. It just says lower body injury. Nobody, uh, I guess Billy Napier will let us know in his next press conference here. Uh, but another name here, corner. Um, very interesting when I looked at it. Jaden Hill listed as the starting corner at number two. Uh, Jason Marshall, obviously, number one there. But Jaden Hill, starting cornerback, number two, coming back from that ACL injury last year. Uh, What do you think about Jaden Hill starting that? I know he's practiced, what was it, a couple weeks before he came back from injury? Yeah, he uh, before the season, he I don't know if it was re-aggravated or if it was just another knee injury that he had, but he, he got banged up a little bit and then eventually got back on the practice field, got back to work. And it's an interesting situation. I'm curious to see how much he's going to play. I get that he's listed as a starter, but this is his first time playing since 2020. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see just how many snaps, if he's on some kind of snap count. Uh, Thing that does irritate me a little bit about it is just with now Jaden Hill getting thrust into the starting spot and Jason Marshall obviously starting opposite him. You've got Devin Moore and Avery Helm are the secondary guys there. Yeah. And Jalen Kimber is going to be just 
phased out. He already was phased out against Tennessee, played 11 snaps. Um, and I'd imagine that Florida, who hasn't really played five corners with any sort of consistency, or if they've played him at all in a single game, uh, I, I don't know how they're going to get Jalen Kimber on the field as well. And I'm not the biggest Jalen Kimber guy, but he should be on the field at some point. Yeah, I mean, he's made plays. You go back to that pick six that he had against U.S. I actually saved us the game against yeah, U.S. Florida there. loses. Florida yeah. loses if he doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I'll say, I guess, in a way, it's good to have as a stacked spot there for that corner. Um, obviously, you know, we obviously Corey Raymond, he's out there recruiting for this class, too. We're still up for a five-star Cormani McLean and some other guys, John Johnson. So we'll see what happens at that corner back position. But, man, a pretty good stacked position here. Uh, something else I didn't notice. Defensive end here, Justice Boom listed as a starter here. Now, Justice Boone, he had that big sack on Will Levis in the Kentucky game, something we all like to see. We want to see more of that from uh, all, of, all of them. Uh, what do you think about Justice Boone, man? Now, I've interviewed this kid. I like his attitude. A really funny kid. Uh, and obviously, his play so far this year, when he's been on the field, has looked pretty good, huh? Yeah, uh, he's, he's been great. And I also say about that Will Levis sack, it's very funny that um, – in the, I, I guess it was in an interview after the game, Will Levis was like, oh, no, I knew they'd have a free rusher to that side. Um, th- then I don't know what was going through his head. If he was like, yeah, no, I know they're going to have a free rusher. I'm going to look for a deep ball. Like, you're just going to get hit in the face, and that's exactly what happened. But with Justice Boone especially, he's he's made plays whenever he's been asked to play, actually get on the field. But Prince Liam and Maylene is also just wildly underwhelmed for me. I had incredibly high expectations for him, and it seems like, once an offensive lineman gets their hands on him, he is just not active enough with his hands. I was complaining about this earlier in the week, too. He is just not active once an offensive lineman gets their hands on him. Gerald Mincy handled him against Tennessee. That's yeah. something that you never want to see. Um, but Gerald Mincy absolutely handled Prince Liam and Mealy whenever they got matched up. Yeah, Florida, former Florida Gator on Florida Gator. So, uh, yeah, I didn't understand that. We didn't, I got, we got a little bit of pressure. We got three sacks. Uh, Brenton Cox missing a huge sack. <laughs> that would have been a, a fourth down putt deep in Tennessee territory that they actually scored on, which which made me want to cry. But, uh, yeah, uh, different change here. And, and obviously, I would assume some of these changes on this depth chart. I mean, I don't really look too much in the depth chart, especially – you know, at spots like running back where they rotate the running backs, it doesn't really matter who's starting on the depth chart at running back. You just know all three are going to get run. Um, but some of these changes, I, I would assume, just based on the opponent, maybe for the staff to see what they got here. Uh, basically, though, when you go down this depth chart, it's usually the usual suspects. But one thing that did stick out to me over here at tight end, because Keon Zipperer had a good game last game, they have Dante Zander still in front of Keon Zipperer. Do you expect maybe that we just kind of see both of them? Yeah, I, I think that at this point, Billy Napier just like doesn't care who's listed on that depth chart uh, more often. I believe the past two games, Keon Zipper has outplayed Dante Sanders, both in terms of just being better, which isn't a knock on Dante Sanders. Keon Zipper has been playing great football the past two games. But it's also, I think he just played more snaps, even if he's not listed as the starter. Um, so I think that as much as I've been pounding the table every Wednesday, when I'm like, oh, what are my depth chart predictions? I always put Keon Zipper should be the starting tight end. Um, Dante Zanders just keeps getting listed over him, and I'm assuming it's more about being like the Y or the F instead of actually who's starting tight end. Because at Louisiana, Billy Napier, when he would put out the, the, uh, the depth charts, he would have two different tight ends position listed. 
uh, and he would have full depth charts for those spots. Here he just has tight end, and every week he's just got those two guys listed. So I feel like he's kind of just going, these are the two starters at the Y or the F or whatever letter you want to call them. Um, and I feel like that might be it, especially because, you know, Zip has been outperforming Dante and just been playing more snaps than him. Yeah, I, I love that run he had after the catch against Tennessee last week, that first touchdown, man. He, he broke like three tackles, knocked a dude over, <laughs> got to the end zone. Uh, I want to see more of that from Keon Zipperer. If you see more of that, maybe he'll start starting every game and we won't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> um, another thing I, I, I noticed a little bit, and I know he's been out, I know he's been hurt. Uh, Jack Miller, questionable. Now, before the uh, the season actually started, Billy Napier alluded to he could be out two games. Uh, then he said it was maybe to be extended. Do you have any like kind of injury info maybe on Jack Miller or how he's healing up? I don't know anything for sure, but I do know that with Jack Miller's injury, a lot of it is just about getting that grip strength back with that thumb. So it could just be taking longer than they anticipated for him to really be able to operate at 100%. Obviously, he's not at 100%. He's still listed as questionable. But uh, I know that a lot of it is just being able to get that grip back and it uh, evidently not going according to plan. I guess as Richardson, if he stays healthy, I don't really care what time Jack Miller gets back. But at the same time, you kind of want him back as soon as you can to be in practice to kind of get more acclimated with this system because, as I said, he didn't have a lot of snaps at Ohio State. Um Comes into a new system, so uh, it, it'll be good. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's he's looking at film and doing all of this as he's sitting on the sidelines. So hopefully, you know, maybe down the road we'll get Jack Miller back just in case we do need him. It would have been a great thing if we were up like 28, 35 points and he was in there to get some garbage time reps. Uh, but unfortunately, still hurt. So um, anyway, man, uh, Eastern Washington rolls into the swamp here and uh, – as far as, you know, me trying to study Eastern Washington, I know uh, you're going to be interviewing their head coach on the next uh, Locked On Gators podcast there. Uh, what do you know a little bit about Eastern Washington? I know that they like to go up-tempo. Like, like that's one of the things that I spoke about with their head coach, Aaron Vest, was that uh, I was like, hey, like, how do you prepare for this up-tempo? And he's like, we go up-tempo. He's like, that's what we do anyway. So he's like, we're just kicking it up a notch because Florida goes a little faster than us. Uh, so I know that they're kicking up, they're going up-tempo, and they throw the ball a lot. Like, like, they don't care for running the ball, which is very weird for me, considering their head coach is an offensive line coach also. And I'm just like, oh, he like offensive line coaches love running the ball. No, they want to throw the ball. They're just like, hey, let's put up a ton of points. It could be because their defense is um, not great that they could just be trying to go, hey, let's just outscore them. Who cares about defense? But they're going to throw the ball a lot, a lot of spread air raid stuff that you're going to see. Uh, it's a pretty modern passing attack, which is going to be interesting. Um, we'll see how much of it we really see, depending on the conditions when Sunday comes around. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just going to be an offense that likes to throw the ball a lot. And that's that's fun because we've got a lot going on in the secondary this week. So there's no better time to give them a test for the passing attack. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, that's that's a lot of practice for that secondary if they love to throw the ball. And and, and you mentioned, you know, let's not care about defense. Well, I care about defense because I didn't like what I saw last week. So hopefully our team cares about defense as much as I guess they don't. But, uh, yeah, uh, they're starting quarterback Gunner Talkington, if I said that right. He has a current completion rating of 61.3%. He's thrown for 636 yards. Average six point yards per attempt for 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, about a 30% touchdown to interception ratio there. 
But a big thing that stuck out to me, man, this kid has been sacked seven times already. So if uh, that defensive line uh, wants to make up for last week and, uh, you know, maybe get some more sacks on their record, I would assume that uh, this would be the team to do it to. And I know it's not the toughest opponent here coming to the swamp, but uh, Brandon, I guess since, you know, you're going to have that interview with their head coach. We'll learn a little bit more about him on the next Locked on Gators podcast. So if you guys don't listen to that, listen to that because you'll get more information there. Uh, we don't know much, but I really wanted to uh, go more in depth in what we want to see from this game. I mean, you know, it should be an easy win, and I'm, I'm not going to jinx us, and I'm not going to say, you know, we're going to have a USF-like game. I think Richard, Richardson's got that out of his system now. Let's hope. This team is is way worse than USF. USF could probably put 50 or 60 on them. So, uh, Brandon, what do you want to see? Now, like, I look at this game, and, and me, personally, last week against Tennessee, Richardson did phenomenal. 453 passing yards, averaged 10.1 yards per attempt. Uh, you know, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. I don't count the pick because it was a Hail Mary pick. Uh, I did fumble the ball one time. Uh, I'd love to see a clean game. I, I haven't seen a, a non-turnover-prone game yet from the offense. I want to see a little bit more accurate passes from Richardson. I know he's going to get a lot of practice doing that this game. Uh, but what do you what do you want to see? Offensively, I want to see more deep passes. I feel like that's something that we haven't really seen happen often. We saw that, that Ricky Pearsall catch uh, when him and Justin Shorter lined up on the same side. You had Xavier Henderson orbit around Anthony Richardson. They had a play action fake and then it was a double sluggo and a deep ball right past it. it it was a great play it was like wow this is modern football that that's what we're looking for and i want to see the offense kind of open up with that defensively i need to see our defensive linemen win win some of these one-on-ones they get with offensive linemen i need to see something i feel like it's been too often where you know we spoke about this with, with prince leo Mialine not being active enough with his hands I have no concerns about that with Justice Boone. That dude is violent, um, and I'm looking forward to it. But Oregon had, I think it's 20 pressures when they played Eastern Washington. Uh, so, wow. so they bullied that offensive line. I need to see the Florida Gators defensive line do just that. Yeah, I, I also want to see from the defense, to me personally, I just want to see better communication. Like, if they give up a big play, it's fine. If it's like a 50-50 ball and the person's there or – if if a receiver happens to get a step on a DB, because that happens too, and I get that. The, the biggest thing I saw last week against Tennessee was when there was an open receiver, there was like nobody within 20 yards of each other. So I want to see better communication. Is this that if they give up a play, it's fine. Just want to see a guy there ready to make a tackle, not miss a tackle, and then go on to the next play and so forth. I also want to see some more turnovers. I I will say our, our defense has caused a lot more turnovers this year than it has in years past. Uh, but, man, we're killing them in turnover margin on offense, turning <laughs> it right back over. Uh, you know, hopefully Anthony Richardson got those, uh, you know, those warts out of his system from uh, throwing those needless picks. I don't want to see him doing that this game, too, so that's something I don't want to see. Uh I'd like, I would just love to see Richardson get more comfortable, get more acclimated with passing the football. As I said, this team should be a team that Florida easily just takes out of there and uh, probably runs them off in the second quarter or so, or maybe even a little bit after halftime. Um, if Florida, and I'll ask you this, Brandon, because this is actually a good question. If Florida gets to a point to where they're up 28, 35, what kind of backups do you want to see coming in there? Every freshman possible. Yeah. Every freshman, this is probably going to be the last chance that it's like, okay, Florida should absolutely blow this team out. 
so the freshmen can play, especially it being a home game. You don't have to worry about, you know, getting together your 70 man, like travel squad. You can have every freshman on the roster get significant run. Not, not just, you know, they're coming in for two or three snaps at the end, like significant playing time. Again, probably your last chance that you get to do that unless there's a ton of injuries, which I mean, I'll knock on wood. We're going to hope doesn't happen, but uh, yeah, I, I want to see just every freshman possible. I want to see Max Brown play at QB. I don't even care about seeing uh, Jalen Kitna, Kyle, Jack Anderson, none of them. I, I want to see Max Brown. I want to see the true freshman play. Again, I'm not going to be like quarterback controversy, but I, I just want to see the young players play in probably the only chance they'll have this year. Yeah, and as I said, Kitna, Jalen Kitna and Kyle Angle are the ones that are listed on the depth chart, but uh, you never know. Could see Max Brown out there. I mean, he had pretty, I, I, I guess, in the high school that he played may not have been as, as, you know, in the greatest division or anything, but he had a good completion rating in high school. I mean, there's there's potential there. Would love to kind of see that. I, I, I would actually, I want to see, and this is my under-over, or my over-under. I know last week we kind of struggled with the run game a little bit. Uh, maybe Tennessee's just good at stopping the run. I mean, they averaged 83.3 rushing yards given up by their uh, defense every game before they played Tennessee. And I believe now it's probably gone down lower, maybe to 70 or 60. I haven't checked that statistic yet. So I want to see more push from the offensive line. And I'll give you a question. Over or under, do we rush over 200 yards? Oof. Uh, That one's tough. And I say it's tough only because I'm thinking – Florida is going to want to get their passing attack going. Yeah. So I'm like, are they even going to run enough unless it's just like a complete blowout? And at that point, maybe they keep throwing the ball and just keep trying to figure things. I'll say over just because I think there's going to be, you know, three or four long runs and then just other runs that are just worked into the game plan. So I'll, I'll say over. Okay. What about Anthony Richardson's passing yards? I'm not going to give you an over and under. Let me just give me an estimate. Do you think three, three fifty, four hundred, two fifty? I I don't think he would play enough to get that. I think if he played the full game, we're we're talking record. <laughs> but but uh, I I think that we'll see him get maybe maybe three hundred, and then by that point, Florida would likely be up enough. But I mean, hey, who knows? Sanford happened last year, so may, maybe <laughs> it won't be as much uh, as we think. But uh, realistically, and then just being completely honest here, I think that by the time Anthony Richardson has 300, it'll be time for him to kind of get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at their uh, coverage grades right now on uh, Pro Football Focus. They've given up 72.6% of their receptions for 720 yards. So uh, I think Anthony Richardson should hopefully be able to throw on them. And uh, they've, they've, they've missed 17 missed tackles there in coverage, too. So whenever somebody's gotten the football, they've allowed a lot of yards after catch. Actually, 486 of the 720 have been yards after the catch. So um, as I said, Florida should not have any trouble running or running or even passing against this team and uh i know it's it's kind of a short one here for eastern washington i mean it's it's a team that you know i know a lot of florida gator fans don't get up and get excited about but it's good to see like what your team can do i guess the communication or what they can improve on is more of what this game really is to me as i said this team isn't usf it's not any of the other opponents we played on our schedule should be a lot easier game should be a game for all of our athletes to push them around, do whatever they want. Let's hope. Let's not throw them like three picks like we did against USF. But uh don't see that happening now. I think Anthony Richardson, he's got a rhythm now. 
I, I think the whole confidence thing we can hopefully put to rest. We don't know how the rest of the schedule is going to shake out. But, uh, you know, as I said, Richardson should have a big game. We should have a big run game if they decide to run. They should be able to see a lot of freshmen, should be able to see a lot of players we don't get to see on the field. So uh, I got Florida winning this game like 63 to maybe 7 or 63 to 14. What do you got? Yeah, that, that sounds kind of kind of in that range. I, I'd say they'll score 10, if that. I, I think that this is a game where the defense up front, you have to dominate. It, it's as yeah. simple as you have to dominate the game up front. That's what you should do. You've got Brenton Cox Jr. is an all-SEC caliber player. Javon Dexter is was hyped as a first-round pick for a long time and has kind of gone ghost. I know he's been double and triple teamed at times, but uh, – when you're playing against Eastern Washington, you need to win those battles. So I think that Eastern Washington scores maybe 10 and Florida is somewhere in the 60 to 70 ish range. You know, I, I think that the Florida Gators offense is more explosive than Oregon's. And uh, I mean, Bo Nix threw for almost 300 yards on them. So yeah, if Bo Nix throws for 300 yards on them and uh, we're primarily passing the ball, I expect Anthony Richardson to do like four or 500. <laughs> we'll see. And if it makes you feel any better, Florida Gator fans that just ran the their quarterback stats, he had like 636 passing. Anthony Richardson has 873, and he had three games where he didn't pass for 200 yards. So if that guy, if that makes you feel a little bit better about this game, I would say that's the, the, the main statistic you look at here, obviously. Uh, be a good game for Anthony Richardson, maybe to pad his stats a little bit here too on Pro Football Focus. But Brandon, man, thank you for joining me here, uh, kind of previewing Eastern Washington a little bit. You know, obviously we don't know much about the team. They're in the Big Sky Conference, but at the same time, I think they're eighth in the Big Sky right now out of 12 teams. So they're, they're not a good team at all. And uh, Brandon, you'll have something uh, brewing for us there on the Locked on Gators podcast. Tell us about it, man. Yeah, I got the head coach of Eastern Washington, Aaron Best, joining me. Um, he, he was a great interview, by the way. It was incredibly cool that they gave me a full half hour with him. Um, that was not what I expected, but I was very pleasantly surprised with it. And then, of course, every Wednesday, we got Florida Gators freshman tight end Hayden Hansen on the show. Hopefully, he'll play against Eastern Washington at this point, but um, that, that's, that'd be great for us. But, uh, yeah, Hayden Hansen's on every Wednesday. He's incredibly cool, incredibly great kid. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for Florida Gators football. That's right. You tell Hayden, man, get us a touchdown in this game. I'll, I'll let him know. If he doesn't, I'm throwing hands. That's, that's as simple as that. You tell him David told him that. Just say, hey, David from Getting Swamp said, hey, get us a touchdown this game. I'll let him know. I'll, I will message him immediately after we record. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, Brandon, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped. As I said, check it out, Locked On Gators podcast, your team every day correct i got that right yes sir <laughs> that's it brandon thank you for joining me on getting swap man thank you man need a sign for your company your man cave your live stream or podcast give my guy brandon white a shout out at white and sons wood carving he has the best handcrafted signs nationally all custom fit for your needs with state-of-the-art paint and epoxy you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom leds as a package as well give him a shout out on twitter at ws woodcarving you can also follow him on twitch and check out his facebook page at white and sons woodcarving top of the line signs made from scratch hey 
Do you ever have a hard time getting to those tough-to-reach places? You know what I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> those grapes, they're not getting treated without some TLC. And your boy, David Soderquist, has you covered when you order from Manscaped.com with promo code SWAP20 today. Order your performance package 4.0 today from Manscaped.com and save 20%, plus get free shipping when using promo code SWAP20. Listen, the performance package 4.0 really works, man. It's helped me tremendously. It's reduced nicks. It's saved me so much time with needing to trim the hedges here, folks. So combine that with some ball deodorant and the weed whacker for those hairs that like to stick out of those nose caves ears. And it's really, it's really a touchdown to the end zone, folks. So if you want to look your absolute best, order your performance package 4.0 with promo code SWAP20 today from manscaped.com and feel more confident with less difficulties. Manscaped.com, the ultimate best in men's grooming. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, Brandon Olson locked on Gators podcast. As he said, he'll be interviewing their head coach, uh, I believe it's today. The th- the uh, podcast drops today. So if you guys you know want to head over to the Locked on Gators and get a little bit more insight on the Eastern Washington team, go check him out. Locked on Gators, Brandon Olson over there. And, you know, just going down this statistically, I knew this podcast was going to be pretty short. I know a lot of people don't really hear much about Eastern Washington, more about what they want to hear about our team. And if it makes you feel any better, just going down their receiving grades, their highest receiver in yardage is Freddie Roberson, 214 total yards, 19.5 yards per reception, which is actually good. Two touchdowns, and he has dropped three out of 11 receptions, and he only averages a 55% reception rate. So that's their best receiver with the most yardage on their team. The second best receiver is Efton Chisholm, the third 125 yards for the season, only averages 8.3 yards per reception and has dropped zero passes. So he's been pretty perfect on there and he catches 75% of his receptions and he's been passed the ball or 20 times and caught 15. No other receiver on their roster has caught for 100 yards or more. So that's to go ahead and tell you right now, especially playing in the Big Sky Conference where they're eighth out of 12 teams and they're one and two, that this team should be pretty easy to guard. And as I said, should be, because I always say should, because I don't know, like I've already experienced a USF game. So (laughs) I don't want to sit there and think we're just going to blow them out, but we should, I mean, USF could score 50, 60 points on this team. So going down the receiving stats, I mean, nothing that really jumps out. I mean, none of these guys are really graded that high either on pro football focus. If you you know, go over to that site and look to, they've only had 10 total touchdowns for the year. I mean, after three games, I mean, you only have your highest receivers only averaging 214 yards and they love to throw the ball, which what Brandon said, yeah, it, there might be a lot of interceptions thrown. Uh, there, there could be, there could not be, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it, just looking at the receiving stats, nothing that really impresses me. Rushing wise, their leading rusher is Micah Smith. He's only rushed for 162 yards out of three games. He's only averaged 1.96 yards after contact, only four runs of 10 plus yards or more. As a team, they have only had 11 runs of 10 plus yards or more. Their second leading running back has rushed 122 yards in three games. 
Ed, he's averaging 1.76 yards after contact. That is it. Those are the only two leading running backs of their team. Not one running back has over 100 yards on their team. Now, as a team, they average 6.2 yards per rush, but still not impressive. They're their highest rusher in yards per attempt, 6.8 Micah Smith. So, um, yeah, man, it's just you, you look at these statistics and uh, they've it, it's just Florida should be able to dominate. Let's let's be honest. As I said, the uh, the quarterback's been sacked seven times already this season. And check this out: their offensive line and blocking grades. Actually, this is blocking with anybody there: running back, a tight end, offensive line combined. They have given up a total of thirty-eight quarterback pressures, thirty quarterback hurries. So that's averaging eleven or twelve quarterback pressures per game. That is insane. <laughs> now, if they weren't able to get any penetration against USF, because I know they kind of weren't. I mean, they were against Tennessee, but they just couldn't come down with a sack every now and then. They got three. But if this team's given up that many pressures, Florida should have a field day on that defensive line, even if you put in your second team. So, yeah, just these statistics, as I said, I'm, I'm just going down these real quick for you guys. They have only caused eight sacks in three games, which is pretty decent. I will say that. That's pretty good. Um 17 quarterback hurries <laughs> is uh yeah that's not a lot for three games there so yeah um that just I, i'm gonna go ahead and just do away with defense here and pass rush now when you go to special teams and kick returns f efton chisholm the guy that i just said was like their second leading running back now he has had a total of 136 kickoff return yardage here and his longest return is 47 yards 27.2 yards per attempt each time he returns a football. So I guess something to look out for on special teams. But as I said, man, Florida should easily be able to win this game. And you should easily be able to fill your wallet over at prizepicks.com, especially when you use promo code SWAMPED when you sign up. Use promo code SWAMPED to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is rated 4.8 stars across all platforms. It's easy to sign up. It just takes 60 seconds or less. You go in, deposit your money, get a cast match up to $100 with promo code SWAMPED, and you're in the game with some extra coin from your boy, David Soderquist. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like MMA, soccer, NFL, NBA, baseball, basketball, college football, tennis, esports, and a lot of other sports out there as well. Whatever you're into, Prize Picks has it. You name it, Prize Picks does have it. I promise you, folks. So let your boy of getting swamped, the host, David Soderquist, throw you some extra loot when you sign up for prizepicks.com today with promo code SWAMPED. prizepicks.com. Daily Fantasy Simplified. You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, Florida versus Eastern Washington here, and I'm going to take some of your fan comments and questions here from the Getting Swamped Twitter. And if you haven't joined the Getting Swamped Twitter, join it at Swamped Podcast there on Twitter. I post most of my episodes there. Well, actually, I post them everywhere. But to get the first inkling and alert of the first episode or what it drops, Swamp Podcast is where I usually put it first. So any of you folks that you know want to be you know, informed first when the podcast drops, you can either join that Twitter or you can go and subscribe. I'm on every platform that there is. So if you go and subscribe every time there's a new episode, it'll alert you on your phone. So 
Let's go to these fan comments, and I'll start with T. Will at YY251. I said, tell us what you want to see Sunday against the Eastern Washington Eagles. And he says, Anthony Richardson to go 300-plus passing, which I think he will, and 200 rushing. I'm not sure about that. Probably our running backs will do that, but we'll see. We'll see what Anthony Richardson does. Four to five touchdowns, defense shutting them out, final score zero to 40-something. That would be something, right? Even though I know it's just Eastern Washington, it'd still be good to see a a, a good performance by the defense and offense. Because I'll tell you this, this whole year, we haven't gotten a solid performance from both sides of the field, offense or defense. If you go back to Utah, our offense played pretty good. Our defense played decent. Uh, They could have been better. And, God, they could not stop the run against Utah. Um, they were letting those tight ends eat us up too. Uh, you go, you go to USF. Obviously, they were running the ball all over us. Uh, Kentucky, our offense just was bad. Like, you go to Tennessee, our defense was horrible. Our offense was great. We haven't had a complete game from both sides of the field, so I would love to see that. Even if it's against like a, a team that you should beat, I want to see a solid performance all around. So I agree with you there. Um, uh, I believe it was T. Will. This one's from Bravo Dave. The ultimate goal should be to get out injury-free. Yes, that too. That's what I want to see as well. I would like to see a blowout win. Obviously, me too. So we can get a lot of younger guys, some game reps, and lesser-played guys to get some game reps. More specifically, guys like Lingard and Black. Yeah, Lingard. uh, I I noticed he was on the depth chart. They forgot to add DeJuan Black to that depth chart, and they just added him today. It was kind of a mistake. They forgot to put him on there, so... uh, yeah, I would love to see those guys out there on the field. Um, I don't really know what's going on with them. I hear it's more like off-the-field stuff. That and It's nothing bad. Like it, it, When I say off-the-field stuff, I think people get an inkling of it being something bad. It's not anything bad. It's just, um, I don't know if I can discuss it, man. I don't, I don't want to give it out. It's, it's nothing, um, nothing really bad, though. I mean, it is off-the-field stuff, though. That's the reason why they're kind of not starting there. They just got to clear that up, so... Uh, Definitely, I do want to see some younger guys out there. I think that's what a lot of people want to see. Uh, If you go to this next comment from Irrigator, he says, discipline and continued progress and play calling. Yeah, well, yeah, I would be curious. And that's a good thing that you just brought up, Irrigator, because, you know, we've seen some different offensive plays, but I want to see like a play action deep shot for like 70 yards or something like that. I I want to see some just some creative stuff because this is the game that you can kind of like try creative stuff out there. I would love to like go up 28 and then just bomb them, bomb them with some deep throws or uh, try different receivers out. I mean, Caleb Douglas is a guy that I'd love to see. I'd love to see Jordan Young on defense, dude. That kid flies. I'd love to see him somewhere. I know he's playing special teams. So if this is a really exciting game to like get up, get some backups in there, see what people can do. And I'll tell you this too, looking at that depth chart, part of me thinks that this coaching staff is like, okay, let's experiment. Let's see what we got. So, uh, I'm really excited to see Kamari Wilson out there. I'm really excited to see some some different names. Justice Boone looks. I, I love that kid, man. I, I can't wait to see him out there. So I, I just this is a game all around that you can experiment with and just see what your younger guys can do. Nick Goldsmith. I want to see Lorenzo Lungard getting a few snaps along with some of the younger players who haven't gotten an opportunity as well. Hopefully, we can come out relatively healthy. Yep. There you go. That's exactly what we just covered, and that's exactly what I said. So I agree with you there. Nick Lucas, the Gator man, says no key injuries and young guys gaining much-needed experience. Once again, we've already went over that, and I think everybody just typically agrees on, like, everything that we're talking about. So I'm going to read these comments because there was a few. Typical Gator says, want to see the young players getting their first starts to really step up 
and claim those roles. And, and I'll say this, when these guys starting on this roster, this is the time to impress the coaching staff. This is the time to earn your stripes. Even if you don't start on the depth chart next week, maybe you move up a, a rung. Maybe you, you move to a second instead of third on that depth chart. So there's going to be a lot of young, hungry guys out there that's going to want to start. So I, I think you're going to see Kamari Wilson, uh, Justice Boone, uh, Donovan McMillan I saw was on that depth chart as well. I think he was listed second. You're going to see a lot of those guys when they get in the game and want to step up because they want to play. They want to get on the depth chart. They want to be first. So that's what they're competing for. And then after that, man, you get them to start, and especially just being freshmen, they're going to be hungry. So I'm definitely, like, I'm really curious to see what they do, especially, you know, being number one and number two, because as I said, they're hungry. They want to play. So I agree with you, typical Gator. Uh, Kay Tavane Griffith, I hope I did say that right. A W and not a close one. <laughs> That's pretty simple, straight and simple, right? That's exactly what I want to see too, especially after experiencing USF. I I, I want to get those vibes out of uh, you know all, most of the Gator fans' ears because it, I, I don't think this game's going to be t- particularly close. And if it is, I'll come and eat crow on the next podcast. But this team is way worse than USF. So, all you Florida Gator fans out there that think this game could be close. <sighs> If it's close, we're turning the ball over four times right at the beginning. <laughs> if it's close. So, uh, yeah, I think seeing some different guys out there will, will be awesome to see. And, and and obviously, you know, more of the evolve evolution, I guess, of Anthony Richardson and seeing maybe if he can put up maybe 300 yards passing uh, and pad his stats a little bit, get his QBR up there, because a lot of people online are talking some smack, man. And they haven't played anybody like Georgia playing Kent State, Sanford, uh, a crappy South Carolina team. They did blow out Oregon at the beginning of the year, I'll say this, but it was an Oregon-led team with Bo Nix. So, you know, Georgia fans are talking crap. Miami fans ain't saying anything. They lost to Middle Tennessee. So, <laughs> um, I do want to see that, though. I want to see Anthony Richardson get his, you know, get his stats up. Obviously, he's playing a lot more confident now. They're giving him some different play calls. He's using his legs a little bit more, so... I'll be curious to see what kind of play calls they give Richardson, how they attack the game, uh, if they start out trying to run the football or uh, just starting to try to take the top off. So we won't know. We really won't know till Sunday. And I know it's not a big game, and I know it's not something exciting that Florida Gator fans get up for, but it is exciting to see the different kind of guys that they're going to have out there on the field, the young guys, and some of the concepts maybe that they they try. Because this is a game, as I said, you try things. All right, that'll do it. That'll do it for the comments that you folks sent in, and I and I appreciate all the comments and the questions. If you got a question, I love answering them. I love the fan interaction, and I might start doing a couple Twitter spaces every now and then too, because I think you got to have like 600 followers on Twitter to uh, get the the spaces going. I got like seven something now on the uh, podcast page. So if you're if you're following me on Twitter on my regular account, and you love the podcast, or even if you want to try just listening to it one time, give it a shot. Follow at Swamped Podcast on Twitter. That is my Twitter podcast page as well. So I don't really post much on it. I just post when I have a new podcast or if I want comments or questions for like the next podcast. But I want to start doing Twitter spaces there too. So if, uh, you know, whenever I get time, obviously during the year, I'm doing about two podcasts a week. Plus I have some radio show appearances every now and then. And then I appear on other podcasts. I got two that I got to appear on next week. So if I do get time with my full-time job schedule, I'll try to do a Twitter space. Maybe we can get more interaction out of there and I'll record it and I'll, and I'll upload it up here. So just in case you miss it, you can listen to it on your way of work or something like that. So 
I'm going to do that. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, prayers out to everybody affected by Hurricane Ian in the state of Florida, and, and especially, I guess, the states above us, too. I mean, it's still probably a Category 1 right now, traveling upward. Uh, me and my buddy Brandon, he sponsors my podcast. He makes those cool signs that you see on Twitter that I repost all the time, especially the Florida Gator ones I, re- I repost. I mean, but he's done it for streamers, companies, anything that you need, any custom design, he can make you a sign. And what he did, and me and him were talking last night, and this was a decision by him. He's taking 10% of every order from his sign company. If you So if you order a sign, he's taking 10% of that, and he's donating it to the hurricane relief efforts from Hurricane Ian in the state of Florida. So shout out to him. So if you need a sign, just remember, whatever you pay for it, 10% of that's going to the hurricane relief efforts. And, uh, you know, you can hashtag getting swamped. I don't get anything from it. I don't get extra money or anything. You can hashtag getting swamped and you will save $15 on your purchase as well. So just remember that. And anytime you DM Brandon, uh, hashtag getting swamped. Or if you say getting swamped, he's still going to know what you mean. So, uh, yeah, just do that. So some, some words of advice from, from your boy David Soderquist trying to save you a little bit of money there. But at the same time, ma'am. 10% of that goes to the hurricane relief efforts, and he will account for that 15 that you do save, and he will not take it away from the 10% that he gives them because we, we kind of already talked about that. So, folks, that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Getting Swamped. Thank you for listening to your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening once again to Getting Swamped.